Welcome to another episode of On the Line. I'm Joe Mullings with the lovely Maria Peters here today. Hello, Joseph. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Maria and I had a chance to spend some time recently uh, out in Anaheim at the MDM show. Yes, it was. Personally, I thought it was a fantastic show. Further evidence to what we've been experiencing on our side and just really cemented it for me. Oh, you want to know my favorite part of the show? It was going <laughs> to Jack's Taco. <laughs> How many tacos did you get? I got six tacos for $5, and the cab driver was my biggest fan. <laughs> but I digress. The MDM show is cool, and a career in contract manufacturing, contract design is no longer your father's Oldsmobile. Agreed. I, I think it's um, totally changed relative to how we're seeing technology being pushed further and further ahead. And it's a place where you can actually sit in the pocket and sit there for a number of years and seeing advanced development in specialty areas. Yeah. And I, and I think that's happening because of specialization in general. We're seeing more and more of the large strategics and we're seeing more of the startups have a very, very niche markets that they're going after. And mm -hmm. with that, you can't bring all that specialization in-house. Mm -hmm. uh, you need it at a super high level for either a short amount of time yep. or you will co-source that forever. But it's such an elite, elite either process or design skill set that for whatever reason, the startup can't afford it in-house or the large strategic just chooses to outsource the co-sourcing. Right. And, and as we're seeing too, I think you mentioned this on the surface, but we're seeing you so you're sitting in the design house you're seeing the specialty technologies happen whether it's the sensors neurostem balloon catheters whatever it might be the startups can then use this tech and with that it can be a step into one medical device if you have expertise in those technical areas um, get it sit in that design contract manufacturing house um, and then your startups need somebody who can be that go-between and that person who understands that as they apply then their secret sauce on top of it. So yeah. then it's so a it's segue like a there move. too. Right. Yep. So the, the startups may say, listen, we're great at um, software and sensor development because that's our secret sauce. Mm -hmm. We want you to partner with, let's pick Surtech. Like we mm -hmm. got a chance to spend some time at their booth, which was cool. Um, they were super helpful there. They build a generator and they build the software and they build the controller, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty much respectfully commodity-like. Mm -hmm. But the secret sauce sometimes is outside of that. So the startup doesn't have to develop and spend millions of dollars on the regulatory cycle or in the product development cycle. Mm -hmm. And they can point that, those, that money and time at what their niche is, whether it's um, uh, opioid addiction or pain management or something like that. So we, we saw that a lot there. Yep. Yep. Because all of it, no matter what problem you're solving in the industry from a startup perspective, um, you're going to need these certain technologies. And I think it just comes down to, again, looking at your career in terms of um, where is your depth of expertise, having an understanding of a breadth across multiple areas, but what is your depth and being able to dive in deeper there. Yeah, and, and again, let's just use an example, the, the neurostim market. I, I think it's projected to be by 2022, $26 billion. Mm -hmm. 
And my guess is a large share of that's going to go into specialization to the contract manufacturers, contract designers. Not all that's mm -hmm. going to be in-house. So from a career perspective, I would say probably as recent as five, six years ago, the thought was if you were in contract manufacturing, you either chose it for a lifestyle mm -hmm. because you could work from home half the time or you either build per hour and some of these contract manufacturers didn't want you to build more than eight hours a day or 10 hours. Um, or you were in the back end of your career and it was the only thing you could find. Yep. Uh, but that is not the case today. And I certainly saw that um, out in Anaheim. Yep, I, I completely agree. So like, give me an example. I'm, uh, why would I, so I've got my BS, MS, PhD in polymer science. And I love materials and I love polymer science and I want to do my med tech. Why would I potentially go to a contract design contract manufacturer instead of going pointing up my career? And again, it doesn't mean a bad thing mm -hmm. uh, at Medtronic. Right. So um, I think it's where you let's say you have your BSMS in polymer science within the contract manufacturing house. You're seeing hundreds to could be thousands of different design ideas for whether it's your large strategics that are wanting to do this and branch out or it's your startups who have a brand new idea. And so they need you, that expertise, to be able to design what that's going to look like. And then on top of it, not only are you being exposed to these multiple iterations of design, you are understanding and truly understanding how to design for manufacturing and what that means, both at prototype, um, early clinical stages as well as downstream full product launch. And, and as you said that, what's interesting is there are some very large players that are clients of ours right now. They have facilities in Sunnyvale. They have facilities mm -hmm. in Colorado. They yep. have facilities in Twin City. They have facilities in Boston, okay. right? So again, we'll shout out to a good friend of the firm and a good client, Nordson. You have a career there and let's say, I want to spend a couple years in Colorado. I'm out in the Bay Area now. I don't feel like paying an arm and a leg and half of my left ear for rent. Mm -hmm. But I still want to stay in some super tech. Mm -hmm. uh, you could bounce around by design, and that's not a bad thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the way the we saw the snowball effect in particular with contract manufacturing over the last several years and what that means, too, is that now these organizations you just have more breadth across the type of technology and also the way that they're structured allows you to continue to drive your career in different directions and opens up more doors, not only um, externally, but more importantly, internally, especially if you like that company and you, and you see that growth for yourself. Yeah. And again, I'm going to pick another high growth market that we saw uh, quite a bit and does require specialty. So the structural heart market, mm -hmm. there's uh, the company was POBA, P-O-B-A medical. I think Kasperzik, Danny Kasperzik, serial, um, successful entrepreneur, med tech guy. Uh, they're focusing on catheters and also the balloon side of things. And I sat there talking to Kasperzik and, and he said a large number of the structural heart startups. And again, another market that I think is projected to be like 13 or 14 billion by 2025, a large number of those startups don't want to spend a ton of time prototyping out, designing out balloon. If that balloon could be bought from a POBA or a POBA like company, and you can just plug and play that at least within reason to mm -hmm. your solution to get through first, second, third design iterations rather than being slow to market because you had to get involved in developing tooling for that. And so what does that mean? Do the math backwards. If you're an engineer, you might not be sensitive to this or you will. 
less time to get to market or less time to get to approval, meaning a monthly burn rate. So if mm -hmm. these contract manufacturers can get you to approval or commercial acquisition six, seven, eight months earlier, and your burn rate is 100, 200, 300,000 a month, there's a really nice spot for you in that marketplace. Right, and also from a career perspective, as an individual sitting in those companies, getting to market faster, you're getting so much more exposure quicker in your career from a full product lifecycle development aspect. Um, so I think my biggest takeaway is it just don't shrug your shoulders at contract manufacturing. Take a second look at it. It's, it's different play now today. What the technology coming out of there and not only coming out of there, but it's supporting and the backbone of where innovation is driving towards in the med tech industry overall. And here's a couple other examples as you listen. Um, some of the best sensor development is happening outside of the strategics. Mm -hmm. So on the contract manufacturing, contract design side, like uh, Cambridge Consultants, right? Phenomenal background in developing uh, sensors and sensor technology. So it wouldn't be wrong for you to come out of one or two large strategics, mm -hmm. even a startup, be clever enough and courageous enough to hop over to a contract design, contract manufacturer with a sensor development. Mm -hmm especially because I'm gonna help you boys and girls out there with this. If data is the new oil and data allows predictive analytics and we're capturing tons of data, there's no such thing as data without a sensor. And so if you create sensor technology to capture data that you either did not even know was there or was there and there was not a technology already existing to capture it, you create tremendous value when you spend a couple years there and you then go back onto the quote unquote regular career path to one of the big players, you're bringing in specialty experience that you got on steroids from spending two or three years in a sensor heavy place. Mm -hmm. Coming back in, your stock just jumped. So consider that as well. Yeah, an interesting perspective. As you were speaking, I was thinking about how it's uh, that cons consultation. Consultative. Um, thank you. you got it. <laughs> Um, view of the landscape of the entire market. It's something that we see sitting from our position um, where we, we get to see everything and we understand what's out there. So think of that from an engineering perspective. If you're seeing not only the sensors that are going into your robotics technology or your heart catheter or your neurostem device, you're seeing the different types of sensors that are going into everything. Mm. Um, and it gives you a really expert view on what's where it's heading. Yeah, so our we do a lot of work in the contract design, contract manufacturing house, and this is what we see a lot of. So I see a lot of RF work, mm -hmm. right? Both low power, high power. Yep. We see a lot of sensor development. Uh, we see a lot of app development, mm -hmm. right? and we're also seeing a lot of specialty catheter work um, with sensors embedded, and then especially this is a this is a home run actually we haven't talked about, and I. So some of it there. The contract manufacturers who have an expertise in drug device delivery systems. Yeah. So you can think of a Shire as a main player, but when you look at Shire as an example, they co-source or outsource a large percentage of their work to specialty houses mm -hmm. in the combination drug device play. Yep. So, I mean, real simple, think of an insulin pen. 
but there is so many tech going on right now. We're under an NDA. I can't release all of it. But the amount of tech going on right now that the pharmaceutical companies who have uh, uh, formulations coming either off patent mm -hmm. or they can change the formulation because of the delivery system or the challenges with that formulation in a delivery system, it will bend your mind as an engineer. Complete. I think that's true across, I, I know you just listed most of them, but technology is no longer, it's no longer what it was. Everything is being upgraded. Catheters are being upgraded. Balloons are being updated. Um, even software overlay on a 25-year-old technology like pacemakers are, or plus, 25-year plus, um, is being upgraded. And the idea is just get into it now. Get into it while it's happening. Be on that source. And again, this contract manufacturing overall just gives you visibility into everything. Mm -hmm. and, and again, it's not a bad place to taste and check it out. Now, the downside of contract manufacturing, and we hear this a lot, um, or often enough, I shouldn't say a lot, I'm trying to break that habit, mm -hmm. is uh, I don't get to see the product from womb to tomb. Mm -hmm. I don't get full ownership of it. Uh, I don't get to sit in on uh, key meetings and uh, uh, key strategy on it. We sort of get handed the playbook afterwards. And all that is true, so I'm not gonna whitewash that. However, if you're gonna be strategic about developing your career, Look where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Look where you want to be in five years. And then decide, if I want to be somebody who's in sensors or specialty, specialty balloon manufacturing design, you will get more at-bats on new tech mm -hmm. in a contract design contract, contract manufacturing house. Right. And, and as you mentioned earlier, you, know, you sit, look at your career in chunks of two to five years, um, something we always, well, we say a lot. Um, and if you're somebody who wants to map, well, 10 years down the road, this is where I want to be. Remember that there's multiple avenues to mm -hmm. get that to that 10-year endpoint, mm -hmm. and take it as two to three years. And what are you going to get exposed to in that time frame? Um, so, as you mentioned earlier, it's the you might get six years worth of experience and tech view sitting in contract manufacturing within two to three years. And by all means, that's a brilliant move then on your part. Yeah, and and look at your career as a sort of non-linear progression because sometimes you have to jump one, from one ladder to another ladder and back to that first ladder where if you just stayed on that ladder in classic med tech, mm -hmm. it might have been a great path. Yep. But it could have been an accelerated path if you jumped ladders into alternative um, tech. And, and, and Holly and I did a piece on this recently is... Um, step outside into consumer products. And it's a very similar argument. The path in med tech is no longer as predictable and homogenized as it was even five years ago. Mm -hmm. Jumping into consumer for a side hustle and then back into med tech, jumping out of pure play med tech into contract design, contract manufacturing, back into med tech. If you have a strategy and you can execute on that and get to where you want to get quicker. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is how there are super cool careers in contract design, contract manufacturing. And I think Walter's gonna toss in some of our work from, uh, I hope the taco trip. I really want the taco <laughs> trip in this. I'm fixated on the taco trip. Um, I know you mentioned the cab driver was your biggest fan. Yeah. He did recommend Taco Bell over Jack's oh, Tacos. He's clearly not a connoisseur. <laughs> and you and Icky are in the back. And come on, both of you tried Jack's when we got to the hotel. Uh-huh. 
and it was a thumbs up. Icky? Absolutely not. <laughs> that was, come on. It had to be good food. If you can get six tacos for $5, that was real food. I, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode of On the Line. I'm Joe Mullings. I'm Maria Peters. Have a great day.